Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. Obviously, if all seniors had the option, they would be living at home, but sometimes that isn't always possible. Well, guess what? That is where Texan Senior Residential Care Homes comes into the picture. Texan specializes in making its facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. I'm talking full living room, kitchen, dining room, cable TV, music, games, fireplace, you name it. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes has it. They've even got home-cooked meals by experts. It's an extra throw-in. Not only that, there are no move-in fees, no visitation restrictions, so your loved ones are free to stop by and visit anytime they please. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes are located at I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more info, you can call 469-400-7650. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I'm being joined by Taylor Raglan, who does sports for the Planet Star Courier, Allen American, and Lake City Sun, as well as Kendrick Johnson, sports editor for the McKinney Courier Gazette. Gentlemen, we've got four weeks of high school football in the books. District play begins pretty much in earnest for everybody this week. Mm-hmm. Was last week was a huge bye week, um, so now that um, so now that uh, you know the games start to count for real, you know, for most of our districts starting this Friday. I feel like it's time to revisit our um, our discussions prior to the season. <laughs> we've had uh, you know we've had a month now you know, for most of these teams to kind of see everybody and actually get a feel for what these teams actually are. So um, for those who listened over the summer, we did district preview podcasts for all of mm-hmm. our six A, five A districts as well as four A. Um, just kind of laying out our um, our way too early preseason predictions on where we thought these teams were going to finish. Yep. So now that um, we've seen everybody in action a bit and we have a better idea of what these teams are, the theme for this podcast podcast is going to be simple. Basically, how much has our opinion changed over the last month for, um, for our districts? So yeah, I got a lot to say. <laughs> they were certainly way too early, I'll say that. Yes, and that's, <laughs> we, that's we, the beauty of it. We were right. That's the beauty of it. So yeah, we have a chance to kind of, you know, really early on just lay kind of a sight unseen blueprint out there as far as what our expectations are. And it just really just shows you just how different it is when you once you get to see the actual product mm-hmm. in, you know, in, a, in person and just how different these things are relative to expectations. So yeah, I mean... All three of us have been covering District 96A pretty frequently throughout the year, so let's let's just kind of start there. Um, what, what, what I guess is, <laughs> I mean, yeah, with I mean, I guess if you know, speaking to your neck of the woods, Kendrick, with McKinney ISD, um, certainly not the start that I think relative to expectations. I know you were high on Boyd, you mm-hmm. know, relative to to most, and I mean, I thought that they at least would be in that gray middle for a contending yep. for a playoff spot. Um, but they've had a, uh, you know, it's been a very inauspicious start to the year for Boyd. Um, what has been your read, kind of, on just what you've seen out of the Broncos, and just what do you attribute this, you know, this this shaky start? to uh they they have a there's lack of chemistry mm. there's a lot of behind the scenes drama mm. 
their mainly no consistent offense. In this district, if you're not scoring points, you got to oh, They're not scoring points. I think like this weekend they scored 21 against um, Plano East. Mm-hmm. One of them was on special teams. Yeah. If you're not, and they're playing from behind. Yeah. I, I, I think they've had the lead maybe once this whole year. So you play from behind and a lack of speed also on defense is really killing them. The highlight of the result when they played Rylette, Rylette came and put on a track show. You got yeah. dudes fumbling on reverses, kicking the ball, picking it up, mm-hmm. and then making four people miss wow. going 95 yards on the kickoff. So they got a lot of problems. It's definitely been uh, way disappointing and uh, underwhelming. We'll see if they can turn things around because they got a bunch of senior leadership, but so far have not seen the spark. This week they put it right in Jatila Shaw, who's been playing DB and it was a lead runner last year. Yeah. I have no idea why he didn't play running back in the first couple weeks. He had 130 points, but um, their main offense so far has been Kristen Ziegler. He's been their top runner and passer, mm-hmm. but he's been rotating with Colin Drake, so you don't know series to series who you're going to see, what's going to happen, and just been... This has been not good football. And then when they played Louisville, they had uh, over a hundred yards in um, penalties taken off. I mean, took it off in penalties. So they had a touchdown and like a sixty-yard bomb that would have kind of got you never know if you win that game. You got a momentum yeah. heading in the district, but it's kind of crazy that MISD is over for the Gopher. If you combine both teams, at least a six there they are. North, yeah. is, yeah. North is doing all McKin- right. Kind of McKinney is a different story. They haven't won any games, but every week you see positives. They're building little bitty bricks. It's kind of like that team. Like you may laugh at them this year, and next year they come. Oh, y'all will laugh next year. We gonna get y'all. Mm-hmm. Like I see the, I see the what they're doing. They got a blueprint, and if people let them go through the blueprint, you see what they're doing. It makes sense because you lose thirty-eight seniors and yeah, yeah, all Russia. You gonna take yeah. a step back. That's what new I'm coaching say. staff, but they. They're making progress. Like they're yeah. like they're they're not indicative of their record. I I usually don't say that, but they're a complete. And it's team. it's a bit understood, but just because of the situation that they were going through heading into the season with a first year head coach graduating yeah. the entire offense. Yep. So it's it's understandable that they would take their lumps, you know, early on. Um, but with Boyd, what's kind of been curious for me is just combing through just what they've done to this point. It seems like they can move the ball, but as far as like getting it into the end zone, that has been um, a bit of a chore. I mean, they're averaging three hundred and seventy yards. You know, per game so far, which just tabulated throughout the district, that actually ranks fourth in the district yeah. in terms of total offense. You know, yeah, you'd be surprised behind the big three, the undefeated big three of Plano East, Prosper, and Allen. So they've been able to rack up yardage. It's just that they're, uh, you know, they're only, uh, what is it? They haven't scored more than 20. Uh, they've only scored more than uh, 21 points one time though this season. So it's just been, it's been a case of being able to move the ball, but red zone efficiency or what have you, yeah. whether it's turnovers, penalties, they just. And defense. They get, they, they, they get bid by the big play. Mm-hmm. It's like they, they hold. They hold and get hit with a big play, and kind of brings them around down. It's like, and the thing is, it's not like, man, that secondary guy's terrible. Man, that llama, it's it's a it's a combination. A so you don't, it's kind of a problem. So it's hard to pinpoint. That kind of jumped off the page for me too, because I've just known Boyd as being such a consistently solid unit on that mm-hmm. side of the ball, and just thus far, you mentioned the big plays. I mean, they're they're averaging 406 yards allowed yeah. per game this season, and 40 and a half points allowed. I mean, it's in both of those ranks seventh in the district. Yeah, it's kind of like a. Um, not last year's defense, but two years ago, yeah. it's kind of like back on that trend. 
when they went uh, three and seven, which is the, they have enough. I mean, I know that Play Wyatt transferred, but there was still enough continuity, I think, within the front seven. They had some yeah. p- people. Uh, Brett Massick's been pretty consistent. He's got like forty tackles. He's been there, but they got him. They have a lot of guys going both ways. Mm-hmm. That's been a big criticism because yeah. in six A, that, that's tough get to do. You. Yeah, you don't yep. see too many unless you got like those special special athletes, like your Jonathan McGills or your KJ Liggins over at Capel. Yeah, that's that, that, that's what's hurting them. But uh, uh, a stat I've I looked up the other day is they and since uh, since I've been covering them, so that's three, two and a half, year, two and a quarter <laughs> years. Their record is uh, eight and uh, eight and twenty. Twenty, yeah, it's been a yeah, it's been a, it's been a difficult couple of years for uh, you know, for McKinney Boyd. So, but let's eighteen. So yeah, as far as kind of uh, you know kind of recalibrating our expectations for Boyd, it's you know certainly not at least. I mean, everybody's you know we all have different opinions on where we where we saw them coming into the season. I mean, I thought they would at least be in contention for a playoff spot. I, still I plenty of time for them to write, playoffs. Yeah, still plenty of time to write that ship. But um, you know, but through four games, it's been um you know not not the not the start that Boyd has surely uh, surely expected. Um, we were all unanimous on thinking Prosper was going to miss the. Play playoffs. Yeah. And uh, they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll lose me a top four team. Prosper oh, yeah. looks, uh, I mean, Absolutely. listen, it's just four games. And, you know, obviously the thing with these non district schedules is that, okay. you know, you didn't all play the same level of competition. Yep. So you got to keep that wow. in perspective. They get in the playoffs. They, they have to be, they have to go through playoffs, too. I think whoever wins out of them and Plano gets the four spot. Mm-hmm. That, that's going to be for that four spot. They look, I mean, they look the part, though, as far as just the numbers that they have put up and just the, the ease in which they have handled every team that Very they've efficient. seen up to their yeah. point. Yeah. They are, um, surprisingly enough, that is the number one offense in this district right now they're in four weeks. <laughs> they're averaging uh, over 440 yards. <laughs> they're um, in you know, almost 48 points per game. You know, uh, Brian was on with us you know, last week, and he was talking about just the job that Wayne Anderson has done, shifting from cornerback to running back, kind of picking up where Caleb Adams, Caleb Adams left yeah, off. Yeah. And as long as they get you just an efficient night you know, behind center from Keegan Shoemaker, then, yep. I mean, that's that can be a pretty devastating offense. And then, you know, they, I mean, they just kind of... I mean, it's just next man up essentially on defense. Yeah, you know, we talked at length about the number of the number of guys they graduated who made the all district list last year, and yet here they are. You know, they've allowed uh, what is it? They've actually allowed the second fewest points of any second fewest yards, I should say, of any team in the district to two forty uh, two thirty four and a half. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, Prosper has I think definitely been a surprise. You know, for all of us relative to our expectations, I don't think we saw Plano East being this good. I do. This good. I think, this good. I think that, it, and I, we've had conversations yeah. about this kind of off camera that. You know, being, you know, I started here in February, so this is my mm-hmm. first football season. And, and going through, um, you know, the spring and the summer and the early stages of the fall and, and following this Plano East team as kind of my main beat throughout, mm-hmm. you know, the, the beginning of this football season. I've covered them probably more than any other team I have. For me, I expected them to be this good. Like, I had them, you know, it, finishing high in the district pretty much early on. I mean, I, I, the the Prosper thing is certainly weird because Prosper was always a kind of a, a prove-it-to-me mm. team, and they have, and I believe I had them out of the playoffs. We all did. Um, and now I have them as high as third, potentially. Mm. And, and I think that this game with Plano East Friday could be for second place in the district, and yeah. that's not crazy to say. But yeah, can I Jesuit? I, I got Jesuit. I got Jesuit in the playoffs, but I've, I've mm. liked Prosper and East better than Jesuit so far. And I think that you said Prosper and Plano kind of be in that fourth spot. I yeah, think I four and that. five will be Jesuit and Plano Senior, yeah. but as far as East, and going back to the conversations that we've had, 
for you, you know, you have past experience to rely on, and me, I'm kind of, yeah. I don't want to call it tunnel vision. Kidder but saw 5.99 last yeah. year. Like, but all I, all I know is, hey, what they did put up 50 points, yeah. Mr. Mallory. Yeah. You could tell he's yeah. le- he legit. Yeah. He's legit. All I know is this Point East team, and what I've seen from this Point East mm-hmm. team, and I have nothing else to compare it to. Yeah. And and from basically, I've been high on them, you know, since the summer, and thought that they've been that they would be good, especially the offense. And I'm not surprised it's at all. Primarily, it's primarily the defense when yeah. I get to like what is. Except yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, they, there was enough continuity within that offense, and I mean, with what Coach McCullough said about what the potential of mm-hmm. Trey Jones Scott at running back, he thinks that could be one of the best athletes that that program has ever had. Twenty-seven. He put in work last year. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, he was a workhorse last year on both sides of the uh, uh, both sides of the ball, and he's. I mean, you just, it really is like just the ultimate pick your poison offense. Yeah. I mean, so when you factor in, I mean, Brandon Mallory is he just what is he fresh off of? I mean, what five hundred yards passing and who knows? I mean, five yeah, touchdowns every week almost. Yeah, Three sixty eight games on board. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they just rip through Boyd, and that offense is. You can make a case. There's a case to be made that you know that might be the best offense in the district. You can make a case, you know, with all due respect to Allen and all the division one talent there, because they put up 50 points and yeah. they have to keep getting in. Mm-hmm. Another thing about they remind me, so I don't see them mm-hmm. like y'all do, but they seem to have the DNA of last year's McKinney team. Mm-hmm. They got that chip on their shoulder, oh, and, for sure. but they got the talent to prove it. Yep. That remind me of they, last year's McKinney team with all those seniors that band together that yep. felt that they, they should have went to the playoffs the year before. Yep. They're kind of like, yep. we got embarrassed. We had too many games. It's like, they're on a mission. So, so Coach kind of got that does DNA. not let them forget 599. Yeah. He brings it up <laughs> almost every time I talk to him. He says he tells yeah. it to his players before almost every game. He's literally said that that basically every time you take the field as a defense, you should be thinking about three numbers, 599, yeah. and never forget it. And <laughs> that's, that's kind of their attitude. Like yeah. they, they, they have been an incredible defense so far this year. Um, maybe a little down against Boyd, but I mean, there's a lot of factors in, in that game but it's 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 a situation where McCullough certainly doesn't want them to forget <laughs> kind of their roots <laughs> for sure. The, 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 uh, scout in uh, the press box at the new MISD stadium was like, yeah, finding or not, it's like a cuss word in our school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, yeah, just the uh, just the numbers up to this point for Plainerys, especially on defense, just ten and a half points per game, yep. uh, two hundred forty-two yards per game. Look at that defense two years. They like they kind of like Boyd was. Two years ago, they had that mm-hmm. same defense when they had Hines in them, and um, that's probably one of the best defensive performances I've seen. They beat Boyd 61-0 on their homecoming, worst loss in school history. And, of course, you had Hines, you have a future NFL, oh, yeah. but those other dudes were legit, too. Yeah. Just, he was the headliner. Oh, yeah. But they, 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 that's kind of seemed like what they got, but they don't have a headliner this year. Is that, would that be accurate? The play, so I, would, I say, I've I seen them all. Tyler, Tyler Owens, yeah, Tyler Owens. Is, he's one of the better DBs. you find live yet, so I have nothing to go off of. Oh, yeah, you can find on Twitter all sorts of highlights of him just laying fools out left <laughs> yeah. and right. That's, it's impressive. Oh, so he's the new high. Yeah. But it is a lot of, I mean, to be fair to your point, there there are a lot of kind of role players and guys that just do their job on that defense. I think um, – the, the nose tackle, Jalen Brown, does a really good job. Josh Bogowski is very multiple, and that's mm-hmm. kind of the reason why they switched to a 3 4 is because they want him. Oh, they don't run a 4 3 no. They run a 3 4 now because they so want Bogowski. Yeah. yeah, they want Bogowski kind of floating from, you know, outside linebacker. He can stand up, play defensive end, and, and all that kind of stuff. So I think they're, I mean, it is kind of like that. They got a lot of they got a lot of role players and, and good 6 8 talent that have really kind of come together. They revamped their whole mm-hmm. defense. Okay. Desperate that's times, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, as far as just expectations for certain programs, I'm not going to lie. I expected I expected Plano West to be a bit better than what they've shown to this I point. I did too. 
I, um, I, who knows? I mean, there's still, uh, you know, still what six games left in the uh, in the season. But to this point, Plano West still searching for that first W since what was it, the 2016 district yep. opener against McKinney. Yep. Um, and then since then, it is, um, you know, they went 0 and 10 last season. They're off to an 0 and 4 start. Yep. Um, and it just, unfortunately, just from a number standpoint, it just looks like kind of a lot of the same. Uh, which is how did with that role, like we all talk about Allen. It's yeah. I know. It's like you have to use the same logic. Like yeah. the number should get you at least yeah. two wins. Well, it's the same thing with with Plano Senior that I wonder sometimes when you know they don't have an elite quarterback. I mean, I think that Plano Senior has you know a guy that's that's able to do the job and runs the offense well. Mm-hmm. But out of that many kids, how do you not find an elite high school quarterback? Yeah. And and I think that's I mean they haven't had a Division One signal caller since uh, Richard Lego back in two thousand. Yeah, and heading into this season, West was in the same boat. They yeah. had three guys that they were running, um, you know, through the paces trying to figure out who was going to play quarterback. I think Danny Davis is is a good athlete. Mm-hmm. I think that he's got talent, but I mean. He, he can't make it go by himself. Um, and, and that's kind of the reason that I thought they would be better because you look around, I'm, I'm pretty high on Tavares Garland as a receiver. I think that you know when they use him, it's, it's very effective. I think mm-hmm. Cole Carter's had some good games. Danny Davis is a good athlete, usually runs for 50, 60, 70 yards a game too. So on paper, and, and you know when you think about kind of the composition of the team, you'd think they would be more competitive, but then they just... They just aren't. That they would like, like kind of what Plano is, is when they took the low point of their season yeah. last year, and they just that was kind of a galvanizing moment for them. Yeah. And just Plano West with you know just, we're not going to let this happen again. And then um, I mean it looked like you know that was a much more manageable non-district schedule, and it was relative to yeah. what they had last year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean I don't think we all foresaw Reedy being one of the better teams in five A division two. Yeah, but I wonder how much of a tone set or something like that might might have been because yeah. when you've gone through your entire off season and you've got this renewed sense of confidence and you know what. We are Owen ten is in the past. This is a brand new yeah. year. And then, you, ten, never again. and then you go out and then you go out and what was it, forty two to what nothing at the half? Forty six to fourteen final and yeah, something like that at the half. At the half when yeah. Reedy is just already just No, I think I think West maybe had one touchdown in the Did first they? half. I think Davis I think Davis to Carter maybe was the first score. Maybe they were up seven nothing at one point. I can't remember, but but then, just I mean, at the half, you're looking up at that. Yeah. You're already down yeah. four or five touchdowns, and it's, you you know you hope it just wasn't a case of like, oh, here we go again, sneaks yeah. in. Because at some point, it just does become mental. These are just sixteen. You know, well, and I think that sixteen, seventeen-year-old kids. It's, it's <laughs> tough for them too because I think Mesquite's better than a lot of us thought they would be this year. Um, I mean, I don't know if they're a playoff team or or if they're that good, but you know, we we kind of circled that game against Mesquite as like that should be more competitive. Mm-hmm. That could potentially be a W to kind of get off the schneid a little bit. And then Mesquite came out and played really well. And and beat them forty four to twenty, and and I think that says a lot about Mesquite being better than we thought, and kind of having a um, taking advantage of maybe a little bit of a rebuilding year last year. But at the same time, I mean, we thought it'd be a more manageable non district, and you know they go over obviously, and then they run into Jesuit start district. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's just tough, tough. October twelfth and October nineteenth for Plano West is. Yeah, that's if you're if they haven't circled those games twenty times over, then that is uh, okay. at, at Boyd and then uh, home they uh, they host McKinney. Yeah, it can't be neither one of those teams. I, 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 as much as much as, as much drama they have with Boyd, Boyd will beat them off sheer talent. Their physical team, mm-hmm. they you know they have put together, and McKinney, like I said, they've been looking, they've been close to break through, mm-hmm. and they have speed. McKinney speed, is speed gives you a shot in this in this district, mm-hmm. and that's one thing they're going to have to build on. Yeah. In fact, they might. 
could be voided in that drought this year because think, their speed will give you some problems. I think the expectations coming in and the way that McKinney has lived up to them, even though you know they haven't won a game, mm-hmm. I think that McKinney is kind of what I expected West to be. I expected them to, even if you don't win a lot of games, maybe you go 1-9, and 2-8, and eight, something like that. You see potential. You, you, you get somewhere. You move forward a little bit. And especially with, with Danny Davis and Will Cannon, who have kind of been rotating a quarterback, those guys are juniors. Mm-hmm. So I, I expected them to you know take a step forward in the maturity, win a football game or two, and you know go from there maybe next year. But, I mean, at this rate, that uh, like hey, you said. It's like they the, took a step back. <laughs> the 12th and the 19th, I think, are, are the games that are left. So I think you have to get... One of we'll see. I mean, there was there could be like last year, you know, despite you know the uh, despite the record, they did almost beat Plano East last yeah. year. So I mean, they can't never know. They can't sneak up on you out of nowhere. Those but cross town games, cross town games. You, you, you throw out the records. So, so, so we slide cross down to the other team. I know their record's good, but how does Kyron Cumbie only have forty four rushing attempts? <laughs> Let's put this in perspective. <laughs> Four ninety nine, five ninety nine. Matt Gatta had forty eight alone. Yeah, his man. How does he only get? He's averaging nine yards a carry, and he only got forty four rushes. He's using. He's being being used a lot as a receiver too. So Got a few receptions. I mean, they're, they're trying to get him involved as many different ways as possible, and that was their their game plan against Allen, having just seen him. But the, the thing with Plano right now is, you know, despite, you know, Cumbie and how prolific, their, their running game has been shut down the last two weeks yeah. against Rowlett and Allen, and that includes yeah. Cumbie. I mean, they, you know, Kyron Cumbie was great as a receiver against Allen. He had, I mean, what was it? So you got the numbers right there. I mean, yeah. it was like seven catches for 84 yards, but he only had 22 rushing yards, yep. 14 carries. And that's who Plano is, yeah. man. That's, I and mean, that's, that's the thing right now. The the thing with Plano is, you know, like. Say the Carlos, I see the Got three people that have passing attempts, and nobody's over. Only one's over fifty-five percent. Yeah, I mean, they as far as the passing goes, like ironically enough, against Allen, they had their most efficient passing performance of the season. Both of their quarterbacks completed, you know, two thirds of their passes. But you know, they were they were just up against it from a field position standpoint. And said so there was there were moments early in that game where they might have been able to make Allen. I don't know if they could make him sweat a little bit, but there were chances the defense was able to get you know a couple stops. You know, which is something to be said against you know, especially in the first half against Allen, but it just felt like a game where the levy was going to break eventually just because of field position and just yeah. the fact that Plano could not establish the run. And the fact is, for that team this year, they have to do that. It doesn't matter yep. how efficient your passing game is. That is a team that is a run-first team. That is where their bread and butter their, their bread and butter is. I like, like, like that. I, I, I like, boy, that's been a big thing because of, just like the Cowboys yesterday, mm-hmm. when you play from behind, it's not it's not a good thing. With yeah, with Rowlett, they had to play from behind quite a bit. There was and That was a game that was a little wonky, like the defense held Rowlett yeah. to under 200 yards of offense, and you know, Plano was able to get a couple of big plays through the air, and they actually tied it up, and then Rowlett went ahead within like the final two minutes of the game. So to be fair, also, I think Rowlett's better oh, than... Oh, Rowlett, Rowlett, Rowlett might be the best team in that district. Rowlett's very good. <laughs> so Chase Popal, he does. he's a winner. He's a gamer and a winner. Like, his stats don't overwhelm you, but you don't want him to have the ball in the hands mm-hmm. with the last two minutes. That loss to Rowlett looks, I think, better than it did yeah. the night it happened. It's still, tough to get a, it's still tough to figure out exactly what Plano is because, I mean, the El Paso-Eastwood game was just the craziest game that I've seen all year where they, <laughs> they scored 72 points and I mean, gave up 48 and, like, what was it, Eastwood out-snapped them by, like, um, like 80 snaps or whatnot. It was just a crazy, it crazy ridiculous. game. Um, it's, you know, unfortunately, relative to where Plano is right now as a program, it's tough to gauge 
any team based on how they perform versus Allen, just because of what Allen is. Um, so it's, I mean, what is their uh, what is their schedule looking like? They got West this week, and then I believe what is it, Jesuit week? I mean, there's there's still plenty of time to kind of get a better idea of what Plano is, but I would say like so far it is kind of alarming that two two out of four games they have not been able to establish the run. And it would be safe to say that MIC district turns into spoil circa two years ago when when uh, McKinney beat Plano and it cost him a playoff mm-hmm. spot. It's like if you just say MIC team, you're probably not gonna make the playoffs this year. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to say, remember last year we were going back and forth. Isn't it four to get in? Because I remember two years ago it was three mm-hmm. some crazy way because everybody beat each other but if you went four you write your ticket to playoffs it's I think right now like considering that you have the three schools that are winless on this season mm-hmm. I think if you're a playoff team you have to sweep those three and then it yep. just simply boils down to whoever has the best head to head record yeah, which I think but if you get tripped up by one of those bottom three teams then yeah, you're probably going to be out <laughs> Which I think that, you know, as much as I said, Prosper and Plano East could potentially be, I mean, I've already kind of gotten into this, could be for, for second place. I think that Dallas Jesuit mm-hmm. Plano game on the 26th is probably for a playoff spot. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just how it's going to shape up. I don't see a lot of, you know, because Plano's got West, McKinney, you know, Boyd, those are probably three wins, I would say, for mm-hmm. them. And then you just have to, you know, if you take one off Jesuit, lose to East and Prosper, and then it shapes up. You know, with them being in the four spot, so I have a funny feeling the PIC teams will slip up to McKinney. It's, it's happened both years. <laughs> hey man, it and, then everybody, and everybody's always shocked when it happens. And like last year, I wasn't shocked at all. The first time, because I didn't know what to expect. I'm like, these dudes just got beat by Plano West, and they turn around and beat Plano. Mm-hmm. But I don't see it happening. I mean, I see it happening again. I just don't know who's gonna be the victim. Yeah, East, East has already knocked <laughs> off one of them, so they just <laughs> yeah. help their pursuit out. Let's uh, talk. Can anybody pursue Allen? Like, can anybody like push them? That's a big question now. I guess you know better than anybody. I defer to you. On I mean, that. East but because is, I think that, I mean, that, may, that may hurt Allen. You think in the big picture? Oh yeah, no, there, was, there was. There was. I saw there was a discussion on social media just about kind of big picture stuff for Allen right now, as far as how. And that's listen. That's nothing new. Like yeah. they always tend to kind of run roughshod over the over the, over the district schedule. You will have times when a team kind of sneaks up out of out of nowhere, like Plano East did a couple years yeah. ago, and that 31 game out of Kimbrough. Um, you know, Marcus gave him a. You know, I think that game was decided by ten points. You know. A couple of years ago as well. So I mean, there are challenges out there, but for the most part, Allen does you know win all of their yeah. district games by a fairly comfortable I margin. Think that, I, it's the question is now once you get to the playoffs because yeah. you're in Region Two and you're not you know guaranteed that uh, you know you're always assured that you're going to get a good second round yep. matchup once you draw you know that you know a sweep of DeSoto or like that last year with South yeah. Grand Prairie and um, it's still kind of remains the replay game. Just how that uh, how that bracket will shake out in um, you know for for Division One, but um, yeah, that's kind of just a big picture question is just what you that said like playing the wasn't expected to challenge Allen you know that game two years I still ago think so they are now I mean I, that's the thing like the challenges can kind of come when you least yeah. expect them though just because you might just catch a night where just things aren't clicking right and that's happened to Allen I mean yeah. their their talent is so overwhelming that they can overcome a lot of that yeah. but mm-hmm. as far as right now I mean I mean it's it's really tough to say until we I think what we see as far as who could challenge them I think this prosper playing the game will be a far more credible litmus test for what either of those teams are in the yeah. big picture of this picture I don't wouldn't you would it be safe to say that Plano East not Plano East but um Prosper and Jesuit I think since we're talking about pick, at the big picture you think they're set up to make long runs because they're seeing smoke that they're not going to see so I give you take the third round of the playoffs it's, in this, I won't say smaller school but the, you know I think the things are setting up for this district as far as get at least assuring that you get out of that first round which is the first step you got to take obviously because if you look over at district 10-6A um, you know Saxe's still kind of working through some stuff it looks like Rowlett actually might be the better 
team and the best team <laughs> yeah. in that district. Yeah. And the fact is, shout out to the Eagles. And as long as a Plano ISD team makes the playoffs, then you know Allen and PISD East, will, East will be that team. Yeah, if, if East makes the playoffs, which you know feels like a you know a solid uh, you know prediction right Prosper now, and them and them and Allen will be Division One, so it would then be Prosper and then Jesuit, another Plano team, whoever in Division Two. So yeah, I mean, I do think if you and that would mean they avoid Rowlett. So I mean, I think things are at least set up for them to get out of that first round, and then after that, you just kind of have to see what shakes out with 11-6A, 12-6A. Who has speed, like serious speed, out of these out of these teams? Last year, that was a to me, I won't say a problem. Even even Allen, as good as they were, their speed was like in the secondary, but they didn't have that team speed because mm. teams like Rowlett have team speed. Yeah, like, I mean, like, I, this year, I, I imagine the defensive performance of Allen versus Plano compared to Rowlett versus Plano was very much the same. I mean, their pursuit is just is impressive. Uh, because, yeah, yeah, I mean, because I, I mean, Kyron Cumbie was able to make guys miss. But, well, yeah, but I mean, you can only there's eleven guys that are, that are coming after you. Miss. So, and they, uh, I mean, yeah, just eventually the uh, the numbers game caught up to him, and he could make one or two miss, but then he gets dropped for you know a one yard gain just because Allen is just so. I mean, they're so defensively sound and so you know fundamentally you know in place. Um, ah, yes, yeah, so, I mean that's just kind of a you know look at District Nine Six A, kind of how obviously things have changed quite a bit for us. If the discussion is any indication, um, you know we've got you know uh, Brian, Justin, and Devin. Um, to come on and just discuss some, uh, you know, some happenings in, in their districts as far as kind of things that have changed relative to their preseason expectations. First, though, we do have a uh, our student athlete spotlight. We actually went all the way up to Salina for this one to talk with their running back Logan Point, who had a terrific game in their win against Fort Worth Dunbar last week. Brian Murphy had a chance to talk with uh, with Logan on his big performance, and we will see what he had to say after a word from the sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, if you need it painted, ATD painting has got you covered. At ATD painting, their goal is to provide a home improvement experience that is a great value, trouble-free, and enjoyable. And painting is really just kind of scratching the surface as to what they uh, as to what these appointments entail. For ATD painting's interior projects, things like painting, wall repair, ceiling repair, they'll make sure that your floors and furniture are protected and that everything is all cleaned up afterwards. For exterior projects, not only will they do the painting, but they will hand scrape loose paint, reattach loose boards, recalk windows or doors, plus much more. Not only that, if you visit their website right now, atdpainting.com, you can find a coupon for $200 off a complete exterior purchase. Um, once again, ATD Painting. They've got four locations in the Metroplex, including in Plano and Louisville. For more information, call 972-694-8888 or visit atdpainting.com. That is ATD Painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, I'm here with Logan Point, junior running back for the Salina Bobcats. Logan, you had a, a pretty big day uh, last week against Fort Worth Dunbar. Uh, 43 carries, is that correct? Yes, sir. Uh, 325 yards, five touchdowns. What did you eat before the game? <laughs> uh, just what I do normally, you know, night before, eat a bunch of, you know, carbs, like pasta or something. Then, uh, you know, we eat pasta before the game, so just a lot of energy, you know. So, you know, how, how are you feeling going into that game? Was that, you know, you posted your best numbers of, of your career on varsity. How, how are you feeling as, as the game was going along? I'm assuming you felt pretty good. Right. Uh, yeah, I felt great. Uh, we had a great plan offensively for the game. I really felt like, you know, we could, you know, do really well against them. Now, you came on strong last year as a sophomore. You know, you got a lot of playing time as the season went along. Sure. What was the preparation like? this offseason knowing that you were going to be the full-time starter uh, only as a junior on varsity i uh, just lived in the weight room uh everything i did you know weight room and you know running on the track 
do everything I could, you know, be biggest, you know, and strongest, fastest, so. What, uh, what, did you do any different workouts, any crazy workouts to get stronger? Because I know Coach Elliott told me uh, at the beginning of the year when we talked, we talked a little bit about you, you said you, you know, one of your one of your lifts got a lot stronger, you your squats or your, your deadlifts or something. What, what, what were you really focusing on to get stronger uh, uh, this offseason? Mainly power clean, uh, explosive movements from the floor, uh, jumping, you know, just get my legs strong, power through people. Um, how has this year been, you know, these first three weeks with all the, the lightning delays and weather delays? And I know y'all had a, an actual cancellation against Argyle right. Liberty Christian. What's that been like? I know it's been kind of weird for me and a lot of the people. Right. And also, what was that like, you know, missing a game altogether, uh, um, you know, getting it canceled? That was a struggle for us. Uh, like, you know, leading up to Nolan Catholic next week, it was tough on us not, you know, getting better that week and getting reps as a team. Uh, I mean, it's just been a crazy year, you know. Even in two days, it was raining the whole time. You know, throwing a wet ball and you know trying to get a good practice in is makes it you know for a tough deal. After losing to Nolan Catholic the week after the canceled game, how how big, how important was that to bounce back the way y'all did and get a big you know blowout victory over a forward Dunbar? Uh, very important, you know, just for our team's confidence. Uh, we really thought we had a shot against Nolan Catholic, but uh, don't always you know come out you know on top. So that was a big deal for us. Now, so you moved to Salina when you were in eighth grade. Uh, Somewhere around there. Yeah. So before that, you were in Prosper, so you weren't too far away. So when did you like realize and, and know, and it really let, hit you that you know, football is pretty big here in Salina. Really, uh, I mean, I grew up you know down the road here in Mount Salina, but really just you know playing here, you know, been on varsity my you know my freshman year, and just how involved the town is with everything. Um, you know, coming to the games, how much, you know, they do for us, it's, uh, you know, it's really special. What does it mean to be now beyond that team? Is it kind of surreal? Because I know I've had other players in the past, the last couple of years, it's like, man, when I was a kid, these guys felt like celebrities right. here in Salina. Do you kind of feel like a, like a local celebrity uh, for some of the younger kids? Like, sometimes, yes, I, I do. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I like to, you know, really just, it's all about the team for me, so. Uh, now tell me a little bit about yourself when you're not, you know, working out, you're not playing football, you're not at school. Well, you know, what's what's Logan Point doing in, in his everyday life, at, you know, post-practice, before school, after school, on weekends, or uh, when you're not playing football? I love to hunt and fish. I love the outdoors. Uh, watch a lot of football. Uh, that's really, you know, just about it. Just... Now being from the DFW, are you a Cowboys fan? I'm not. You're not a, not okay, a Cowboys so fan. What, uh, what, team do, what NFL team do you like? Um, I like the Saints. Why that? Why is that? Uh, I just love Drew Brees. Okay, so what do you think about their their comeback win yesterday, forcing overtime, and then Drew, <laughs> Drew Brees two rushing touchdowns? Did you get to watch the game? Yeah, I watched that. Okay, so, so what, what do you think of the Saints so far this year? Uh, just, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a big NFL fan, but sure. uh, more of a college football guy. But I mean, I'm just pulling for him. Uh, I think they'll have a good year. Thank you to Logan Point who took the time. Uh, to talk to me, actually, uh, I'm all over the place all in one day. But uh, Logan Point had a big game uh, over with uh, Salina against Fort Worth Dunbar last week. Big thanks to him. Now we transition to, into the second segment of of the uh, the show today. You know, we'll, we'll yeah, we should have left it running where you came down from the beam of light, <laughs> <laughs> just teleported back and forth. Right. Salina, it's not close. It's not a close drive. So. Um, but yeah, so now we're, we're kind of going to transition into you know some of our teams, some of our markets that we that we cover. There's a lot of them. Uh, I guess we can start with uh, our six A schools. I know you yeah. cover a bunch of six A schools over in mm-hmm. Flower Mound and Coppell and whatnot. You cover a bunch of Mesquites and GISD and, and stuff like that. So I guess Devin, who's I know Saxy's gotten off to my alma mater has gotten off to a, a rough, <laughs> unexpected start. 
you know, I guess you can talk a little bit about how, how they've been doing, and I guess haven't achieved their expectations. Or they, 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 they've had a rough start against top competition. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, when you when you look at games against Coppell, yeah. which, they, which they lost in the last second field goal against Ulysses Trinity, against the Plano East team, that's turned out to be at least to this point better than I think I thought Legit, you know, yeah. early on. Um, and they got their first one of the season last year, uh, last week against Wiley. Finally, got that offense going. I think what they really did last week was they kind of discovered a power running game, which as they kind of developed the quarterback situation, they're going to kind of turn to turn to that ground game and turn to that, that talented defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had, coming into the season, I had Saxe, Rowlett, Naaman Forrest, Lakeview. That was my order. Um, I have revised that. Uh, Rowlett, <laughs> off to a 3-0 start. Nice win over Plano. A dominant win over Naaman Forrest last week. Uh, I actually have them as the favorite right now. Uh, Saxe mm-hmm. seconds. I have North Garland. I know I shouldn't be buying into this. I have North Garland <laughs> finishing third. They're off to You're a drinking fourth. the Kool-Aid. They, they, they're, they're off, they, hey, I, I, all I've heard the last couple of years is, is how good their freshman JV teams are and how good they're going to be in a couple years. Hmm. Uh, you know, they, they've been in the drought for a while, uh, but, you know, 4-0 start, and they handled Lakeview last week, 41-14. Uh, that They've got their, their defense is giving up only 11 points a game. They've got some salty kids on offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, again... So you said you had them out of the playoffs at... Yeah, coming in I, I, yeah, I had them fifth basically yeah. coming in. But again, that win over Lakeview is a huge head-to-head win. Um, and so I, I, I still have Lakeview finish at fourth. I think Kamar Wheaton is still one of the top running backs in the area. He's rushed for 634 yards um, already. So, you know, he, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 381 yards. Look at the wrong stat number. But anyway, in just three games. Um, but the other interesting thing about that is North Garland is the second biggest school in that district this year. It's been Saxony and Rella as the two largest mm. schools. Oh, yeah. So in the who's the biggest right now? Saxony. Okay. But in the we want to avoid Allen in the first round bowl. Uh, whoever gets that yeah. second Division One seed. Um, interestingly enough, Rallet. If North Carolina does make the playoffs, Rallet will go Division Two, which they've been Division One for you know yeah. as long as I can remember. So it just mm. gives a, a, a different interesting wrinkle um, in terms of ten six A. So yeah, I've kind of shuffled my shuffled my predictions a little bit uh, in ten six A. But um, I, I you know we we have license to do that. So does you have any changes? Well, Six, six, eight. This North Garland strength of schedule, though, you, it's kind of suspect because I know they beat one of my teams, Frisco Liberty, but you know they're right now at the bottom of yeah, the Frisco and, district. Yeah, and, and Irving and Carrollton Newman Smith, they didn't play a murderer's row non district. But again, the win over Lakeview and a convincing yeah. win at that speaks, I think, speaks volumes to, mm-hmm. to, to what North Garland's done so far. Again, Sachs is going to be a player. They started figuring things out last week. Um, and I think just from a sheer talent point, they have more talent than anybody else in the district. But I think Violet is the best team right now. Well, I was still pretty impressed with that Saxy team when I saw them play in that Coppell game. I know they have some quarterback issues, and I know some injuries probably didn't help them come into a yeah. decision there through non-district. So I think once that shows up, I think Saxy is going to be fine. Just think that field goal didn't go in yeah. from a million miles away. You know, who knows? Maybe they're 3-1 yeah. they're and one instead of 1-3. and three. So I have a lo- a f- some changes in my 6-6-A six, six uh, <laughs> pecking order. Um, Surprisingly, Irving Nimitz is actually leading this district. They're the only undefeated <laughs> team at 3-0, but when you um, look at their schedule, it leaves much to be desired. They really haven't played anybody, <laughs> so I'm not putting too much stock in that. I'm very confident that Irving Nimitz will not make the playoffs out of this district. I don't, I'm not buying into that. Um, You're going to get some emails from Irving Nimitz. <laughs> Bring them. Those rabid, those rabid Nimitz fans. Bring them. Um, I kind of think at the top it's still going to be kind of a, a two-team race. I still think um, even though Hebron had a tough week, uh, two, my teams were all on bye last Friday, so everybody's coming into district off a of bye week. So uh, two weeks ago, actually, caught, or Hebron had a kind of a, maybe if you look at the score, kind of a little surprising loss to Fossil Ridge, 37-17. But I still think it's going to be Coppell and Hebron um, 
fighting for this district championship. I think they're the two best all-around teams. The, maybe actually the better way to put it is the teams with the fewest question marks, I would say. Um, so I still think Coppell is the best team in this district. I would be surprised if they don't win this district, and I would be surprised, honestly, if, if any of these teams beat them. I think they're the best team. And I'm going to put Hebron second. Um, Irving MacArthur's another one of the five teams, five teams in this district that are 2 and one right now. Um, I just... I'm not. They beat Plano West. Uh, hearing the other guys, I don't think Plano West is really a high and, team. And, so and they beat Garland. Yeah, and, so and that, that's a, a down Garland yeah. team. Yeah, you're well. not beating Garland from the 2000s, early 2000s, no, no, early 90s. No, no. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not too impressed with the Irving schools, even though they have the records. I'm not really buying yeah. the hype. So coming into the year, I had a really tough time picking two of the three teams between Louisville, Flower Mound, and Marcus. I think they're very similar. I picked it Flower Mound third, Louisville fourth, and Marcus fifth. So I had Louisville winning the Axe game in the last week and getting in. I'm going to change it. I'm going to bump Louisville and Marcus up a spot, and I'm going to have Flower Mound missing out. Um, Flower Mound played well in the first week against Fossil Ridge. They lost only 14 to 10. You know that was a closer result than Hebron had against them. Um, but they just got drilled by Prosper. And I just the problem with Flower Mound last year, they were right on the door and they couldn't curtail their turnover issues and here they are three weeks in and they already have ten turnovers and I think they turned it over six times Yikes. maybe in that Prosper game so that was what I thought was going to hold them back was the turnovers and it so far it doesn't look like they've really sh cleaned those I issues up so far so Louisville has a good defense it looks like their transfer AJ Newsom is tr trying to starting to get the offense going a little more um, Marcus pretty sound all around um, you know, the standout linebacker, Marcel Brooks, he's been a revelation in the passing game. He's been their biggest receiver so far. And finally, Justin Dinker got on track last week. Uh, pretty, you know, Waxahashi last week hung with DeSoto, and that's a team that Marcus beat 21-7 two weeks ago. So that kind of caught my eye a little, especially seeing how Dinker was able to finally get going. So I think Louisville and Marcus are going to edge out Flyer Mount for that fourth spot. I would not be surprised at all if those three teams all split and it goes to tiebreakers. Uh, oh yeah, it's going to be complicated yeah. at the end of the year. Yeah, it's going to dig deep in the, the So yeah, that's where I'm kind of looking at 6-6-A. Not too much craziness, but those three teams I think were really tight, are still really tight, but I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Now, Devin, what's going on over there with the uh, the Mesquite schools in 11-6-A? You know, it's, it's been a, it's been an odd start to the season. Um, mm -hmm. I had, and I, I will fully, I had Horn winning this district, uh, followed by Longview, Rockwall, and I had Tyler Lee as my fourth, fourth playoff team. But I said at the time, Horn, Longview, and Rockwall, to me, were right there. Well, now Horn is 0-4. Um, <laughs> what? They're, the teams but, they've played yeah. has been they're, murderers they're, 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 The teams they've played, Allen, Highland Park, Cedar Hill, and Arlington, are a combined 15-0. and 0. Yikes. So there's no shame in, yeah. in, in that record. Um, I thought they made progress last week. They, they were actually ahead uh, late in that game against Arlington. Uh, Jermaine Givens, uh, their outstanding quarterback, who was a district uh, MVP last year, uh, had, had a hard time getting in track. I mean, that, that mm -hmm. Allen defense has just suffocated everybody. Yeah. Highland Park defense, Cedar Hill is so athletic. Uh, but he started to kind of find he, he rushed for 225 yards last week. The size tailored um, his complement in the backfield. He's he's gotten going the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. um, however, it's really hard to, uh, to to look past Longview and what they've been able to do. Haynes King, uh, the son of, of head coach John King, is one of the top quarterback prospects in the state. Uh, they picked. They had a great win against Lufkin. Hard fought win in the opener in that rivalry, and then they just Marshall. 
Tyler John Tyler, Rustin out of Louisiana, all very good teams, and Longview just rolled over them. I mean, they're ranked number six in the state right now for a good reason. So I kind of have them edged ahead as kind of the favorite going into the start of district this week with Rockball uh, a close second. That that connection between Jacob Clark, uh, the quarterback, and Jackson Smith, the, the wide receiver, is one of the best in the state. And nobody's been able to slow it down. They had the one loss to Highland Park where they pushed Highland Park to the limit, 49-42, and um, since then, they, they knocked off Arlington Bowie in a solid win, and then they hung 73 on Arlington Martin last week. Thanks. So I have them as a close second. We will see this week Longview plays at Rockwall out there at Wilkerson Standard Stadium. So the uh, the winner of that game will certainly be the front runner going forward. Mm-hmm. I still think Horn does have the talent. Um, to compete for the district title, I put them as, as a small notch below, just because again they they are zero four. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know it's it's it, they face a tough road and it doesn't get any easier with you know with games against Longview and Rockwell and, and the likes. But um, they're battle tested to say the least. For sure. And then that fourth spot again, I had Tyler League going in there, but Tyler League, uh, you know, one and three start. Um, you know, Mesquite. To me, I'm slotting them in, in that number four spot. Really? Uh, I think their improvement uh, in the second year under Jeff Fleener, uh, that toughness that he talked about developing in the offseason, um, has paid dividends. You know, they, they, they again, they haven't played the toughest schedule, but they picked up a nice 44-20 win over Plano West. Uh, last week, they knocked off L.D. Bell 23-13. Uh, that, that game against Grand Prairie three weeks ago that was suspended at halftime. They ended up just canceling it. They were ahead in that game, so they arguably could be 3-1 and one right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that gives th- those young kids a lot of confidence. I think Dylan McGill putting him in as the quarterback. You know, he, had, he had that crazy game you know, two weeks ago where he had five completions and all five went for touchdowns, um, which is just bizarre. Uh, you know, He came in last week, again, kind of split in time, but rushed for a touchdown, passed for a touchdown. And, and I think I think Mesquite, uh, again, they're, they're going to have to beat Tyler Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to have to beat Rockwell Heath. And they have to beat North Mesquite, but I think they're capable of doing that at this point. You, Devin, are like our unofficial East Texas. <laughs> you, you know, you cover all the well. You don't cover them directly, but you always know the Tyler John Tyler, the all the and you, you brought Lufkin and stuff. You're, you're the East Texas guy. East you know, Texas, I, I like it. I like That's it. Right, I heard you mention that Arlington Martin game. Um, those Rockwall, right? You realize Martin's given up 136 points the last two weeks. <laughs> He even dropped 63 on them, and then wow. Rockwell put 73 on them. So uh, yeah. Something not the same Martin team we're used to there. Not, not a stone wall on that end of the, no. ball, uh, end of the ball. Now, District 55A, it's it's getting interesting. You know, they kick mm-hmm. off uh, this Friday. Um, I know you you had a hot take at the beginning of the year. Yep. Uh, and you're still sticking I'm with sticking it? Sticking with it. The colony is going to win the district. There's not <laughs> a chance. <laughs> not, <laughs> not a chance. Let me ask you this. How... Size up this year's Lone Star team versus last year's team. Which team? That's 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 a tough question. I know I was talking actually. I think it was to Matt off off camera uh, last week when they lost to Highland Park ten to seven. I think, and this is no knock on their offense now and who's running the offense now, but if they had MJ Rivers at quarterback, I think they beat Highland Park by at least three touchdowns. And I I, I just think with with a quarterback like MJ Rivers and, and Kirby Bennett at running back, I think. You know they were they would have been able to 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 get produce more points on the board and and, yeah. and get more drives into the end zone instead of just you know dying out the way they did or turning the ball they turned the ball over three times they did not turn the ball over with MJ Rivers uh, enough and so they would they have a first year quarterback in Julian Larry who started every game at quarterback last year so he's making the transition he's a stud athlete on the basketball team so he's just an athlete but he's 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 
rising up to be a good quarterback. But I think that big difference is that that experience and savviness that MJ Rivers brought. And so last year's team is better. You know, they had they had Nick Bolton. You know, probably the best linebacker in five A in all of the yeah. Dallas area. And he's at Missouri now, and but you that lose him. defense. I mean, hold the was hard to ten. That defense yeah. still looks so good, even graduating so many guys, graduating, you know, on both sides of the ball. So many D one guys that are playing right now. MJ Rivers is playing right now at Illinois as a true freshman. Nick Bolton is playing right now as a true freshman at Missouri, and you know, it's they're, they're still really good though this year. Well, I'm not going to deny that's that. That's the reason I ask is because uh, I saw them those two teams played in the playoffs last year and I know the score was pretty lopsided but I thought the Colony equated itself pretty well and it was kind of hanging in there and there's no question in my mind the Colony is a better team this year than last year. Um, but you just when you look at their non-district results alone, I mean just not even on paper, just look what they've done. You can't deny that they're they're more impressive this year than they were last year. And I got to see them play against Reedy yeah. a couple weeks ago and they gave Reedy all they could handle. Reedy yeah. didn't blow them out like they've been Blowing out all these other teams. It was a tie game in the fourth quarter, wasn't it? But so, yeah, I think um, you mentioned Arlington earlier, a good team in 6A there, and they uh, they just beat Byron Nelson on a last second field goal. That's a Byron Nelson team that the Colony, a 6A team that the Colony just handled two weeks ago. I mean, 42 to 24. So they played a North Crowley team that they lost to by 20 points last year and beat them by 20 points this year. Like, there's, there's no question in my mind the Colony's better than they were last but year. But you think I know, they're district champion better? <laughs> I do. I think they're gonna. I think they have the, the speed on defense to slow down Lone Star, and I think they have the horses to put up points. And I, I think they're gonna beat them. Do, do they? Do they play early in district or late? Third week. Third so week. Right, right about in the middle. So let's it's double check here. Yeah, but yeah I, I want to say it's early. I, uh, they. Uh, oh, it's pretty quick. Fourth, yeah, October nineteenth. Yeah. So, so right smack dab in the middle of, of district play. So it'll be a good tape measure to see who's. Do you give any other team a shot of beating Lone Star? No. I, he's no, not I even giving the Colony a shot. Yeah, he's not giving the Colony. I think the Colony can beat him, but I don't, I don't see any of this. I think they can, but will they? No. Now, see, you also had a Little Elm. You have ahead of the Colony. Man, that's, that's <laughs> been a tough start to their, their season. You know, they're 1-3. They, they avoided, yeah. uh, uh, you know, an, a, a defeated start to the district season. Um, by beating Keller Central after two straight losses. Uh, they're 1-2, I should say. They were on the verge of, of going 0-3. They were down in that game uh, against Keller Central in the first quarter. They down, I believe it was 13-0 or 7-0 at the beginning of that game. Coming off a big loss to Birdville, kind of a shocking loss. Mm-hmm. They had a double overtime loss to start the year against a really good Justin Northwest team. And I was like, man, Little Elm cannot go 0-3. They went 3-0 last year for the first time in over yeah. a decade. And then you, know, you can't go 0-3 to start this year, especially starting with Lone Star this weekend. You know, that's <laughs> that's 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 tough right there. So, you know, and they have Centennial and then Wakeland after that. So starting on three would have been detrimental. And th- th- they've been kind of a disappointment. You know, it, I granted it's non-district play. You know, Saxe started on three and, and who else and, and whatnot. But Mesquite Horn, all those teams. But granted, they weren't playing those caliber of opponents. Yeah. They weren't playing U.S. Trinity. They weren't playing Allen and whatnot. But, you know, I... We'll see if they can turn it around in district play. I think they will. I still think they'll make the playoffs, is it, if that's what you're asking me. Because um, I, I picked them to be someone that third, fourth spot. Yeah. Um, right there fighting with, with Wakeland and, and the Colony for, you know, maybe even second. But as of right now, based off what I've seen, what we've seen, the Colony is the second best team in the district. Okay. So, I mean, you, so you still have the Colony, Lone Star, and then who's your last I'm two in the district? I'm sticking with mine. I think um – Honestly, I can't remember what I picked. I think it was Wakeland. Because I, I know yeah. I, I picked Wakeland. They, and, they and I think good. I have Independence as my fourth team making the playoffs. And they started off hot. They, yeah, they, yeah. They, they, they really come on. Uh, I picked them to be out of the playoff picture. And Centennial, 
I know when we did our district preview uh, the beginning of last week, and you, you kind of had Steele <coughs> way at the bottom there. I, you yeah. know, they, they gave Lake Dallas a really good game there uh, a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, so I, a team that's disappointed me, though, uh, besides the Little Elm, has been Heritage. Yeah. I, I picked them to be, you know, kind of in the mix with a new quarterback from 4A. Granted, they have a new head coach. But, you know, they're they're winless right now. Yeah. You know, tough losses to, to Lovejoy and, and – and Woodrow Wilson, which was kind of surprising to me, and then they got blown out by Red Oak last week, and they, you know, they started 0-3, and I'm like, man, I thought Heritage was going to be in the mix for that fourth playoff spot. It doesn't look like that's the case. But, yeah, we'll see what goes on there, and we'll have October 19th circled on the calendar when Lone Star beats uh, the Colony Weekend. Friendly wager. But uh, <laughs> Lone Star wins by at least three touchdowns. Mm. Now, we have well, one more. We'll friendly wager. Okay, that. okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying at least three touchdowns. They should have beat the Park. Um, but that's a different story. Um, so, that moves on to our yeah. few other mesquite schools in 5A, yeah. sticking with 5A. Yeah, 7 5A, Division One, um, And I, I've kind of shuffled. I, my playoff teams are still the same in this district. Um, I, originally, I had John Tyler as a slight favorite over Poteet. Mm-hmm. I had West Mesquite slated third and Texarkana, Texas High uh, in fourth. Again, it's, it's kind of a tough district to call. We don't see John Tyler unless they come to town. You know, they, they play. They don't have a lot of common opponents. Same with Texarkana, Texas mm-hmm. High. Um, as of now, I am uh, listing Poteet as my favorite, uh, and that's not a homer call. Uh, they uh, they were very competitive with Denton Ryan mm-hmm. in, in the district opener. Um, really had a, a, every chance to win that game. Uh, they lost 28-14, to but then they come out the following week against the Solid Waxahachie team, and they just throttle them 48-7. Uh, they follow that up with games against 6A opponents. Uh, they rallied past Mansfield Summit, and then they beat Tyler Lee last week on the road. They Spotted them a fourteen nothing lead and in winning forty six to twenty one. Um, I think Seth, Seth McGowan is is one of the top probably three players in that district. They're outstanding running back. Uh, Dalton Dale is a very good quarterback. Cam Lampkin on the outside does a little bit of everything. And the defense that had some question marks coming in has really really played well these last three weeks. Again seven twenty one twenty one and some of those points were scored late. So. Um, I have Poteet, number one. And then, again, my playoff teams are still the same. John Tyler, West Mesquite, and Texas High. But I just don't know what to make of some of these losses. I mean, mm-hmm. Texas High plays Fleurville Henderson, a very good team, in the Did first game. Did they beat Saxe last year in the playoffs? And, yeah, that's, okay. that's who, who knocked them off in the regional semi. The regional semi. Henderson yeah. beats them 56-7 to in the first game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they go to Kilgore, and they lose 42-14. to I mean, those aren't just losses. Those are lopsided losses. Mm-hmm. You can say the same thing about John Tyler. I mean, Cedar Hill's an outstanding team, but you would expect John Tyler to stay closer than 57-7. to You know, Longview beats them 41-13. Again, tougher teams, 6 day competition, but you would just still expect them to be better than that. So right there, I, those three teams, John Tyler, West Mesquite, and Texas High, I kind of have right there. Uh, it's, it's really hard to pick. I would actually pick West Mesquite uh, to finish second at this point in time just because they played closer comp- to their competition against solid teams. I think they have the skill positions, Neil Johnson at quarterback, Ty Jordan um, at running back, and of course Dylan Wright from Texas A&M Pledge at wide receiver. Um, Again, it's hard to, to, to comment on Texas High and John Tyler because we haven't seen them against a lot of common opponents. But the ones that we have, they've, been, they've just been blown out. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's going to it's going to come down to those four teams. I'm sure Kendrick can make a case for McKinney North. I'm not going to today. I had them missing the playoffs to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, that loss to Wakeland still confounds me. Or you know, a couple weeks ago, I just because they were rolling along, and all of a sudden, it was a weird loss, seventeen to fourteen. So yeah, McKinney North it, it, usually puts up a lot of points. That, so. that offense was rolling along, and yeah. then I, I kind of 
backed off. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think they'll, they'll they will be a factor. But at this point in time, I still have those four teams as, as the ones going to the playoffs. So that's seven five A Division One. Yes. So in seven five A Division Two. I have a, a big chunk of Frisco schools in there. Frisco, Frisco Reedy, Frisco Lebanon Trail, Memorial. Uh, and then you have Princeton and Denison, Lake Dallas, Lovejoy. Pretty good district there. I still think Reedy is the, is oh. the cream of the crop. You know, just quick hitting this district real quick, you know, 4-0 to start the year. Uh, I, you know, after beating Lake Dallas the way they did to start the district play, they don't have an, a tough opponent really until they face Lovejoy. And in two weeks, they have Memorial and, and Frisco these next two weeks. They're going to be 6-0 and when they meet with Lovejoy. Mm-hmm. And if they beat Lovejoy, and if they beat them decisively like they did Lake Dallas, then, you know, they're easily going to go run the table. You know, the next three games, Broswell, Lebanon Trail, Princeton, I don't see those three teams beating them. Uh, but they're, they could very well be undefeated going into the playoffs. And, you know, this might be the year Reedy gets their uh, first and maybe second and third playoff victories. We'll, <laughs> we'll see there. Um, anything else to touch on in 5A? Four five day four five A Division One looks pretty much uh, how we were kind of thinking <laughs> yeah. things are going to pan out. It doesn't look like the CFB teams are going to be much challengers for the that powerhouse district. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll eat a little medicine. I I jumped off that Colleyville Heritage bandwagon when Sanders transferred, <laughs> and I was hyping Denton to take that fourth playoff spot, and Denton does not look good. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll give Colleyville Heritage the playoffs. To round out with Birdville and Grapevine, and I forgot uh, you, you didn't have Colville Heritage making the playoffs. No, I, I had. I believe I had because Drew Sanders leaving to Denton Ryan. Yeah, was, we thought it was. Yeah, was, yeah, I think that was something that kind of changed. Actually, yeah. as, as we were talking yeah, about that, because he said, yeah, yeah, no, you know what? Yeah, I go. dropped them all the way out. <laughs> I dropped them out because I thought Denton, Denton was going to be a good team, but they they look terrible. They're at least looking at their on scores, paper. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so for sure. All right, so that'll just about uh, do it for this uh, edition of the High School Sports Podcast. That's Devin Hassan. That's Justin Thomas. I'm Brian Murphy. Make sure to stay tuned. Uh, later this week, we have, we have our Game of the Week podcast, Wednesday or Thursday. Make sure to stay tuned for that. Thanks for watching. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. Performance Food Group delivers more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. If you want to get in on that process, PFG just might have a spot for you. Their McKinney office is currently hiring. Job openings include Class A CDL drivers and warehouse order selectors, as well as many other entry and part-time positions. An ideal choice for college students or people just wanting to find new careers in general. Uh, For more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com slash careers for more job openings. If you prefer to contact them by phone, you can call at 214-491-3130 for more details. Once again, that is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than starlocaljobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all. StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? 
Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.